starters we're not even the backups this is the third stringers podcast where we talk about the hottest sports news of the week i'm your host noah kratz and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with josh Noak and justin arbini and guys we have a lot to get to again today so let's start out with something a little different first things first first things first is we have to talk about one of the funniest things i saw this week i know we don't talk a lot about baseball on this podcast just because it's not a hot sport right now but did anyone else listen to the interview Garrett Cole had last week? He was asked a question that put him in a really awkward spot. After listening to that, I knew he had to put it on the podcast because of significant news about sports. And for those of you who don't know who, what spider tag is, it's a sticky substance that gives you a better grip. And in the case of for like pitchers, it gives you the ability to spin the pitches at such a velocity that you can't catch up to the ball. Like the slider is a nasty pitch when you got a spider tag. So why in the hell, when a reporter asks you, basically, if you're cheating, would you struggle to respond? Just lie. It's not like they can prove you've done it. They would have already, they would have already pointed it out. They would have already found it. When the Astros cheated in the World Series, it's not like we as fans remember it as they cheated it and they lied to the press about it. So why, if someone deliberately asks you if you cheated, would you not just say no? It was a simple yes or no question, and Garrett Cole blew it. Everyone knows he uses the stuff now. You might as well have said yes to the question, because now you just look like an idiot in a time where social media can make fun of you for anything. And the worst part is, this is normal for baseball. The idea of cheating in this sport has become such a norm with the steroid era, with the trash can scandal with the Astros, and now this spider attack. The commissioner of the MLB, Rob Manfred, needs to change how, he, how he's punishing players right now, or this will continue to happen in America's pastime, which that's not even true anymore. Uh, so that's really all I've got on the subject. That was my rant for the day. Uh, do you guys have anything to add before we move on? I, so he, here's my thing for, the, for the, the people listening. I am by no means a baseball fan, um, not even a tiny bit. But I did listen to this interview because, like Kratz said, it's it's news, right? It's newsworthy. Um, I kind of have a different take. I think, personally, that I loved his answer. And I would say his answer was – it was very political, you know, um, which you could tell because he sat there and thought about what he wanted to say for a super long time. But I guess I, guess I like his answer because – Instead of the the issue at hand being put on the players, I think he did a really good job on pointing out that the only way that any of this is going to get, I don't want to say fixed, but settled, is from the MLB. That's the only way that anything's going to change. And I think he did a good job at kind of shifting the focus on them and what they need to do. Because also, like he said, and again, I'm not a baseball fan, but... I mean, he 
I haven't heard anyone come out and say that that he's wrong and he was lying when he said this, but he said it's something that a lot of the veterans do and they they pass that that um that logic or that that idea of using something like spider attack, they pass that down to the younger players. And so I think if that's true, yes they're cheating because technically it's, you know, it's against the rules because um I think the the rule it says you can't have a foreign substance is the the phrase that they use. Yeah. So it's yep. cheating. Any, anything affecting the baseball. Right. So it is Which is cheating. why they got rid of the spitball. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it's like people everyone knows that pitchers are using it. And so first of all, I mean him saying if he says no, even as not a baseball fan, I'd be like, yeah, this dude's lying. I don't, I wouldn't <laughs> even believe it at this point. But my thing is is if it is something that's passed down and it, it's become a normal thing, and if people, if the fans, and if MLB doesn't like that, then they, they should change the rule or they should start enforcing it more, right? You either should change the rule so that they're allowed to use certain substances or you actually start punishing these pitchers who are doing it. But if not, nothing's going to change. And t- to me, it's, it almost seems like the MLB has been silent I haven't right. heard much of much of anything from them. It's almost it's like the media are coming at the players, and and the MLB is kind of quiet. So to me, that's why I like his answer was because he did kind of put it on the MLB, like you know nothing's going to change if they don't do anything. Yeah, you've got so a point. I, I mean, I mean, it's more more or less Garrett Garrett Cole right now is just a scapegoat, and it's more about the comedy of how he handled it, like going like thirty seconds without responding, and that was just more of the funny moment but yeah you're right it's more on the mlb not punishing these players like when the astros trash can scandal happened they should have the players that were involved should have been banned from a or at, at least a year yeah. at least a year but they didn't do a thing about it they didn't even take the championship away from the astros so they just look they look weak and that's not something that they need right now yeah and to add to that i I think like MLB as an organization, in my opinion, is the worst of like the major four in America of hockey, basketball, and uh, football. And just in in terms of enforcing things, being, I don't know, just a good organization. They just seem like they're just kind of there and they're just letting it happen. But another question this brings up with this interview is, should reporters even be able to ask players about stuff like this? To me, I think it's, it's fair that players and coaches aren't allowed to talk trash about like the game or the officials in any sport. Cause like the game's over, it's not going to be changed. Let's not slander everyone. But then if reporters are asking players like, Oh, are you cheating? Basically is what they asked. Do you cheat? It's like, if he says yeah. no, everyone's going to think he's lying. If he says yes, everyone thinks he's a cheater. So like, there's no good way to get around that. And I, I just feel like report, like, Reporters shouldn't be asking the players that. They should be asking owners, coaches, other people besides the people actually playing the game. Yeah, I get that. Because, like, with the whole thing with Kyrie and the media, like, he hates the media and he just doesn't go. And that's kind of where I see see what you're talking about. There has to be, like, a, a happy middle to this because, yes, players, this is what you signed up for. Like, the media scandals and stuff like that. And that's fine, but there has to be like a middle ground or like a stopping point on what reporters can ask. I, I agree. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, they can definitely. I I feel like players should have the obligation to 
I mean, they're professional players. They're the whole point of this is to make money for the owners. So you signed up for this. You have to answer questions from the media. I just feel like media shouldn't ask about maybe personal issues, cheating issues. I don't know. They need to like come up with some better rules for the media when they do stuff like that. It just it just seems yep. stupid to me. Yep, I'm with yep. you on that for sure. Yeah. You know, one, MLB, one if you're way, listening, if you're listening, change the rules. Change the rules. So, so MLB also, if you're listening, my idea is you let the pitchers do that, but then you also let all the batters start using like cork bats or something. You know, even the playing field. Hot take. We got a hot take. All right, guys, the Nets are in trouble. Harden's hurt. Kyrie's hurt. KD is the last one of the big three that's not hurt. So with that said, my hot take of the day is that the Nets are going to win tonight, okay? But it's not going to be because Durant drops 45. It's going to be because he he brings 15 assists. The Bucks defense, the Bucks defense is going to lock down on him. Why wouldn't they? And they're not going to let him beat them. So it's going to have to be the other players that step up and start making shots. Otherwise, they're done. So, Josh, question for you. Yep. Do you think do you think Durant can win this by himself? Oh, man, I think I think the like the, my first gut reaction right away. My thoughts. Yes, because Kevin Durant is he's one of the best players in the NBA. Right. And so I think. I think he can. I think he definitely has like the skill set and the talent to do that. Um, but just because I think he could do it personally, I don't think he will. Um, I think if if Durant finish if the, if this series finishes out where Durant is the only one of the big three playing, I think the Bucks won't lose another game. Um, I just I really think that it's more so a what's what's the word I'm looking for here? Not teamwork, but a team chemistry. I think not having both Harden and Kyrie um, 100 percent are playing. I think it's just going to kind of leave the the like the flow of their offense and everything that was normal to them. I think it's just going to throw everything off. I think kind of like you were saying, teams can key in on Durant. And I don't know if some of the other guys are going to be able to step up and do what they need to do. But also, even on top of that, it's it's just different, right? Because even for Durant, he's been playing the season where a lot of games teams can't double team him or triple team him because there is another guy like Kyrie or Harden on the court with him. So personally, I think I think technically, yes, Kevin Durant could do it, but I don't think he will. Okay. All right. That's fair. Justin, does Durant um, win this series for them? That's a great question. I was on this podcast what, a week ago, basically laying out my prediction of this series, and it completely did basically the opposite. <laughs> um, so that's tough. I think Kevin Durant, like Josh said, has definitely has the ability only if either A, one of the other two comes back for at least one game and plays well, or B, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, I don't even know who else is. Shamit, I think Shamit's on the team. Yep. Those guys step up big. Like they 
they need someone to score another 20 points with Kevin Durant's 30 or 40 in order to beat this team. Will that happen? I don't know. Blake Griffin was such a bust on the Pistons. I feel like when he steps up into a high role position like that, maybe he'll bust again. Maybe he was just acting like that while he was in Detroit. I don't know. I think he plays better with other stars around him, and I don't know if he can take the lead as a number two on a team anymore just because of how he's played. If he can do that or if Joe Harris can drop 20 or 30 for some reason somehow, the Bucks, I think, can squeak this out in seven games. Or the Nets, not the Bucks. My bad. To be honest with you guys, I think Blake Griffin, probably the most overrated player, all right? The only reason <laughs> why he's such a star is because of his dunk ability and like the whole car and the dunk contest thing. Honestly, he wasn't that good. Look at what Chris Ball has turned Aiton, Devin Booker, McCall Bridges into on the Suns. Exactly. Blake Griffin's not the star caliber talent that everyone thinks he is. Yeah, he's had some injuries. I get that. But even when he was on the Clippers, he wasn't that good. So I think that's out the door. He can score. He can score like 15. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But he's not going to drop like 30. It's going to be it's going to be Joe Harris or Jeff Green. Yeah. Or I guess I guess Shamit. He doesn't play that much, and he might step up into a bigger role now without Kyrie. Uh, so maybe Shamit. This is the time where those players get paid. Because exactly. if they step up, they will get paid in the offseason. You can guarantee that. And maybe it'll be worth more than what they probably deserve. Mm-hmm. But because they show up in a playoff game where it matters, that's why they're going to get paid. One One thing that I... I feel like is interesting, but I want to know your guys' opinion too about this series is I feel like a lot of people, although I I would say probably less people after the Suns last, last series and how well they played, but a lot of people I feel like kind of assumed that whoever wins this series is, is the most likely to win the championship. Right. And again, maybe with how the Suns have been playing as of late, that's not true anymore. But still, how unfortunate if you're if you're a Bucks fan, because if the Bucks do win this series, and especially if they win a championship, it is always going to be the championship and the series they won because Harden and Kyrie got hurt. Yep. yep. And to me, like that is that is just so brutal if you're a Bucks fan because they didn't ask for them to get hurt, right? There's nothing they can do about it. But I really do feel like if they do win this series and Kyrie and Harden don't play, that that's that's what the season will be. The end of their season is going to is going to be remembered for. It's like, yeah, well, they beat the Nets, but it was because Harden and Kyrie were hurt. You know, I totally agree, because the thing is, everyone knows if those three were on the court, this wouldn't be a series. I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I, I was on here saying the Bucks would win. I think I said in six because they wanted to win at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, I was with the, you. I said the Bucks do it. Yeah. Yeah. That went out the door the first game when James Harden pulls his hamstring and they still dominate. Yep. And I thought, I thought the Bucks would show up. And they kind of have lately. But how much do you credit that to the Nets just not playing very well? Because, I mean, they scored like 83 and 96 
in their two wins, I think. Yeah. Which is not like them at all. And if James Harden and Kyrie and Kevin Durant were on that team together, they'd be getting at least 100. So Bucks would not win this whole thing if those three were on there. But I still think the Nets have a chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nets definitely still have a chance. But it will take a lot. It will take their role players to step up and one of them specifically to make a big jump. All right. Let's move on to our college football section. So it's actually like two months away, the college football season, which is crazy to think about because I swear it was it just ended. Mm-hmm. But there are talks that there's going to be an expansion on the college football playoff to 12 teams. I think that votes either tomorrow or Thursday. I'm not quite sure. But what does this move mean for college football? And specifically like the second tier college football teams. Because, I mean, this really doesn't affect Alabama, Clemson, the big name schools. Because, I mean, they're still going to make it. But how does this move affect like our second tier college football teams? Let's start with Justin. I mean, it's got to be a plus if you're one of these second tier teams. Which, I mean, in my opinion, they're still first tier teams. They've just been unlucky. Like like a Georgia. Georgia's been unlucky with just being behind Alabama. So... I think it's great for those teams like that. And my issue is, as I think, there's going to be teams like LSU, Georgia, that will make it in. But it's just going to be the same. Teams are going to make it in every year that are going to be the same teams every year, every year, every year. LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Like, they're all going to be in there. There's, what, seven teams right there? Like you, that's basically if you want if you want to pick a winner, there's your seven teams. I get it. I think it would probably be better for them to have a 12 team playoff just because there's more games, more chance for a team to lose or have a bad game and more uncertainty. But in the in the grand scheme of things, it's just it's more of the same. And it's just gonna be more football, honestly. And if you like that, then it's perfect. If if you're more of a diehard, I want the pure best four teams, then I guess you're going to hate this, but I don't know. I think for the NCAA football, this is a good move. They'll have more teams, more games, more revenue, more exposure. So, hey, if you love college football, then this should be good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see this as being like a huge money move for them. Um, they, they like the expansion to 12 teams rather than eight is a big jump, in my opinion. Um but I guess 12 teams kind of covers the college football playoff committee's butt because there's not going to be a there's not going to be a good team that doesn't make it, right? Josh, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I I think it's definitely a money move, and I think like Justin was saying, I mean, if you like watching college football, I think you're happy about it, right? Because it's it's more games, and it's not just more games, but it's also more playoff games, so they have that intensity. Um, but honestly, I think, I think even with, with how the playoffs are, are set up now, there's every year, it seems to be like, there's at least a decent amount of controversy over maybe one, one team, um, that made it. And maybe this team should have made it above them, right? That seems to happen every year at face value. I would think that having 12 teams might help solve that issue, but the more I think about it, I think it's just going to make it way worse because it's it's way easier to 
find discrepancies and and separate teams like Alabama in coastal Carolina, right? <laughs> but then when you're expanding, now you're not deciding, well, who should get in? You know, Clemson or coastal Carolina? Now you're deciding, well, who should get in towards the end? Should it be Cincinnati or Florida or a team like coastal Carolina, right? And to me, those are way harder decisions to make because you have a team like Florida who's in the SEC and the record's not going to be as good as a team that's playing a garbage like conference, but then they're also playing better competition. So to me, it, it actually makes that issue worse. And so I think that the expansion is going to cause more drama in that sense with, with some of those teams. But honestly, overall, I like it because to me, you know, it is, it's more games and it's just more interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I thought the 12 team idea was a little weird because there's got to be a buy eventually because if 12 goes to six, six goes to three, obviously there's a, there's a gap there. So at some point they're going to need a buy. So it's that the top four get a buy and then the bottom eight like play each other. And then from there you take the best team playing the worst team. So the 12 team idea is a little weird to me. Um, there's also the idea that the major conferences, the conference championship or the conference champion gets an automatic bid. And I heard like the Mac is going to be a part of that. The American conference is going to be a part of that, which mm. I'm sorry, a Mac team playing like Bama. Yeah. Good luck. That's not even going to be a game. Nobody's going to watch that. Yeah. That's that's just the truth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> like, presenting the Mac over here, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's... Uh, like Toledo and Central aren't beating Bama. <laughs> no, there's no business that they should be playing. Even in the, like anywhere Alabama's name is, there shouldn't be a Mac school in that conversation. <laughs> no. Uh, I just think that they're trying to cover their butts on like the college football playoff committee because yeah, there's been a lot, there's been a lot of issues with who makes in, who doesn't. And like, like blowout, blowout games, like when LSU played Oklahoma two years ago and they blew them out by like, I think 24. So I think it's just things like that where when you play in bad conferences, you're like the, the playoff committee doesn't know how to view it. And I think it's just tr them trying to cover their butts. And the other part of it is this adds a lot of games to the the college football schedule. So are they adjusting like how many regular season games you play? Or are they just adding on to the end of the season? Because, I mean, by the end of it, it's going to be like 16 games, yeah. which is quite a bit for college for college athletes. Yeah, so, I, would, I would just assume they just they keep the normal schedule and add on the games at the end and hope for the best. Yeah, make more money without paying the players. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got for college football. Play, the college football playoff. Um, we're going to move on to better or worse. Uh, this is a new segment that we got. Uh, we're just going to run through some NFL teams uh, that we think are going to be better this season or worse this season. So, guys, the Washington football team 
went seven and nine last year. Do they get better or do they get worse? Josh, go. Oh, man. I really tried to give you like a, a first off the top answer, but I, I don't know if I had one. Um, I think I think they get better. I think they get better. I think I think above all, they they were a team a couple years ago that weren't really even a topic in the NFL to talk about. And I think last year they really they really showed what they could do. And I think they're going to ride that momentum into this next year. And I, I think they'll improve. I don't know how much. I definitely don't see them being any sort of contender. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll improve, improve by a game or two. Okay. Okay. Justin? I completely agree with that assessment. They will get, if not the same, just a little bit better. And I think for Washington fans, that will be all right for a year. Yeah. I, I mean, they played in the weakest conference last year, which is why they got seven wins. Not to say their defense isn't great, but their quarterback situation was awful. I think that improves a lot. Um, I think they get 11 wins in a 17-game season. Ooh. That. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is it's 17 games, so it's kind of hard to judge. But, you know, just overall, just overall yeah. play. Um, So we're just going to keep alternating. Uh, so Justin's going to go first on this one. Packers. Packers went 13-3, and won the NFC uh. North. I uh, lost in the uh, NFC championship to Brady and the Bucks. So did the Packers get better or worse? Worse, because I think Aaron Rodgers is leaving. So if he's gone, I mean, instantly your offense is worse. So there you go. That's my take. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I really want to find a something I disagree with you on there, but I, I don't know if I can. Because I, I think even if... Rogers stays, which I'm also leaning towards him not staying. But even if he does, I still think they're not as good as they were last year. So yeah, I, I think I think they'll they'll still be a a good team in the NFL, a team that other teams aren't going to want to face. But I, I don't think they improve though. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I think Matt Lafleur is a great play calling coach. But there, I mean, they won't be able to put up 13 wins especially with the Bears getting better. Actually, that's up in the air as well. That was my opinion on the Bears, but <laughs> a lot of people disagree. Uh, Vikings have to do better than last year. So I think, yeah, Packers take a hit. Moving on, uh, the Saints, 12-4, uh, and four, won the NFC South. Uh, lost in the playoffs. And Josh, what do we think? Better, better or worse than 12-4? Um... Worse for sure. I think, I think that they probably will win about ten games. So I think they'll still have an okay year, but I'm I'm saying around ten games. Okay. All right, Justin. I'm saying a little bit worse than that. I think they're going to win about six or seven because obviously Drew Brees is gone, and I think they're going to make a big move at the beginning of the season that isn't going to pan out for them. I think they're going to potentially get rid of Michael Thomas because of all of his shenanigans that happened last season i think they're just gonna say okay screw it Can you get rid of them? i think we're gonna need i'm think we're gonna need the hot take button again <laughs> hot, take. hot take we got a hot take yeah i think they're i think they're gonna get rid of michael thomas i i just feel like they're i mean he's a great wide receiver don't get me wrong i think he's a little bit overrated just because of he was playing with drew Brees. 
But if he's gone, they're going down to about six or seven games with him and Drew Brees gone. Yeah, had a had a nasty nasty ankle injury. Uh, had some issues uh, with the coaching staff. Um, so we'll see what Michael Thomas does this year. Uh, so moving on, the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks, twelve and four last year, won the NFC West and lost in the playoffs to the Rams. So Justin, what do we think? Better or worse than twelve and four? Jeez, I feel like twelve and four is just a perfect spot for them to be at. Like if I had to pick a record for them to end up with end of the season, it's about twelve and four. So I'm gonna say maybe (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna probably say a little bit worse just because Russell Wilson, I feel like, is starting to go out of his peak. I'm really that's all the only take I have on that. I just I just feel like this team's starting to slowly unravel. I'm not I'm not gonna say they're gonna be a bad team this next year, but I just can't see them being the elite team and getting better than twelve and four. Okay. So either twelve and four or twelve and four and uh, ten and six around there. Okay. Josh? You know, I'm sitting here wondering exactly when the Seahawks became became a team that I hear their name and it's just like a snooze fest. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just when did the Seahawks become not exciting to me? I don't I don't know if that's just me, but I just feel like they're not exciting. Um, when Marshawn, the Legion of Boom, when the Legion of Boom. See, I, I think, I think that the Cardinals are going to improve a lot from last year, and I, I think the Forty ers will as well. I think a lot of the Forty ers season last year, it just kind of seemed like, just with like with injuries and QBs and stuff, <clears throat> they were kind of just fucking shambles especially towards the end of the season, it just looked like they didn't have anything figured out. And so I'm expecting injuries aside, they'll have more of, of a, a solid, consistent offense. I'm not saying it's going to be a great offense, but at least it's consistent. So I think between the Cardinals and the 49ers, I think they're going to improve. And the Rams are going to be, I don't want to say they're going to improve because that's just going to be interesting to see how that turns out with the new quarterback. But I would say the Seahawks are going to be about three or four games worse. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 49ers had a lot of injuries last year, so, I mean, it can't get worse from there, hopefully. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I think Seahawks will I, – I think you guys had it right. Uh, I think they're going to get a little worse um, just based on competition, um, especially with the Rams and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's my take on it. Um, so let's move on to the question of the day. And now our question, question of the day. day. All right. So there's been a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell in this NBA playoffs. Um, since he came back, uh, the Jazz have just looked really great. Uh, aside from these last two, since this uh, the series is tied now. Um, but I mean, even in those games, he was still putting up big numbers. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk about the top five best players under 25 so we're going to make our own list so let's start with justin give me your top five players that are under the age of 25 oh gosh okay so obviously before this episode i did a little bit of research there's some solid players under the age of 25 like i was shocked how many players i would like pick on a an nba like just a normal nba team if i'm building a team right now how many players on here that i would consider so, 
I mean, my go-tos right off the bat, I'm picking Luca. I'm personally picking Devin Booker. Now, here's where I start to have issues. I think Brandon Ingram's a good player. I think he could potentially be even better. It's just whether or not he gets to that point. I don't know why. I just feel like he's like, I have no reason to think this, but I feel like he's just a lazy player. <laughs> I, I mean, he's an NBA player. I, I, he can't be. He's obviously worked hard to get to where he is, but I just feel like he's a lazy player. And for some reason, like if he had that fire underneath him, he would be great. I don't know. So he's in question. And also someone in question is Lonzo Ball. Hear me out. I was looking like looking up players and doing some research. He has made more threes this past season than Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and LeBron. And not not even just that, but he has a better three point percentage too. And I That's feel like back, yeah, back when like he first came in the league, his biggest knock was can he can he be an elite scorer? And seeing that this past season he has such a big improvement in his threes, and we already know he's a pretty good defender. I wouldn't say he's amazing, but he's a solid defender. And he has great court vision, and he's known for his passing. Like, I wouldn't mind having him on the team either. I don't know. He's he's a sleeper for me. Him him or Brandon Ingram as another spot in there. Um, here's a – and then, okay, another weird part to my thing is I would pick Ben Simmons and throw him at the four. <laughs> I don't know. It's between him and Zion, and I just think if you have Ben Simmons as a four, just in today's NBA – that's a better spot or better person to have in that spot. So I have some I think, pretty crazy I, picks. I think we're going to need that hot take button again. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hot take. We got a hot take. <laughs> and then for my fifth spot, if I'm going for like a true center and getting some defense on there, I'm thinking Jared Allen, unless you want to put, you want to put Zion down at the center. I don't know. That's just a weird spot. I'd probably pick Jared Allen just because I like his play. But there's also some other good ones in Miles Turner, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sambonis. I don't know. There's there's a lot of good players under 25, and this is really tough. I'm also list- missing a bunch of players like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Trey Young. I don't know. My picks, Luka, Devin Booker, maybe Lonzo, call me crazy, Ben Simmons at the four, and Jared Allen at the five. Wow. Okay. I left them speechless. It did. It did. <laughs> Justin, I'm, I'm speechless that after our uh, our last episode we recorded about the Oklahoma City Thunder, you didn't talk about uh, Alexander in there. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought have my sheet. scores I thought and Booker sure. and Luka. <laughs> when, when, when you said, when you were like, ah, there, there's a sleeper and you went to Lonzo, I thought for sure you were going Alexander. I thought for <laughs> sure that's what you were doing. He's coming off the injury. I'm uncertain about him. <laughs> okay, okay. There's a lot of great players, though. I'm missing Jamal Murray still. So That's tough. I'm I'm with you. When I when when we decided we were we were doing this topic, I looked up a list, and I thought the same thing. I, I was sitting here and before I looked it up. I was like, okay, well, there's some obvious ones. And like you said, I think Luca, Devin Booker have to be on the list. And then I I think. To, to me, that's set in stone. And then I would put Donovan Mitchell on that list, too, right away. So I thought of those three guys, and then I was like, yeah, they're like, you know, how many other guys is there? It, I'm looking at this list, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, dude. We get so caught up, just like, you know, 
NBA fans and talking about LeBron and Katie, Harden and Giannis. And I like, I just forget about all these young guys that are so great. I would say I'm taking a different route because if I'm building a, a starting five, I'm picking DeAndre eight in at center, but I'm not doing that. I'm just picking the five players that I think are, I, I guess you could say the most valuable to their team, whatever you want to say. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. That that was my idea about this question. Um, I took it a different way. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. No. Nah, yeah. Because I I started thinking about like Justin's answers. I'm like, oh, he's building a starting five. I'm building. <laughs> I was building a team to beat everyone else, and I feel like my team would beat everyone. Yeah. See, <laughs> that's fair. I'm, that's fair. If I'm picking a center, I'm picking DeAndre Ayton. But if I'm not that's building fair. a team, again, my first three right away, Luca. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and then an immediate fourth, not much thought, Jason Tatum. To me, those four guys, in my opinion, I have to pick. Now, the last spot is where it gets so tricky. It gets so tricky. And I, the, the guys on between, I'll let you know, the guys on between would be John Morant, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, and Lonzo Ball. Wow. You and, guys both had Lonzo. And I Lonzo's think Lonzo slept on. He is, man. I, I he's a good player. I think I have to give it to Trey Young. And it kind of hurts me to do it because I like, I'm just so torn. But I think yeah, I mean, yeah, Trey Young's on a better team than a lot of these guys. But I think the only reason I'd give him the edge over the other guys is just because of where he's at right now in the playoffs. So I think I have to give the fifth spot to Trey Young. So I'm sitting with Luca, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's I'm not that's, mad at that list. that's more or less where I thought both of you would think. I just don't value Tatum that much. I really don't. I don't either. I, I like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. And it's just because there's so many good players under 25. But that rookie year when he was on the Celtics and they made that run and he made that dunk on LeBron and he flexed <laughs> on him. And I'm like, wow, this guy's legit. This guy's so good. And then he kind of fell off. More or less because he had like Kyrie back on the team and there was like a toxic energy and Jalen Brown stepped up. But I thought he was going to be like an MVP caliber talent in the next like two, three years. And maybe that's just because my expectations were too high. But I just don't think that he has stepped up in the way that he's needed to. This year in the playoffs, little different. He did step up. But I still don't I still don't think that's enough to put him in my top five under twenty-five. All right, so here's my list, right? Luca number one. I think we all had him that like there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because he had that experience coming from, you know, the uh the European League. And that helped them a lot. Number two, I got Zion. All right. And yep. on this li- on this list, I set injuries aside. Yes, Zion's a scary injury threat. So if we considered everything, then yeah, I'd probably put him a little lower. But just based on talent, I think Zion can really change the game. And he just needs that coach to help him. 
Um, three, I got Booker. Man is insane. And they can win the championship with him and Chris Paul and Aiden. At four, I have Trey Young. And when he came into the league, didn't think he'd be anything. I think I thought he'd be a bust. But he's basically the next Steph Curry. And he's got like that swagger that can lead the team to a championship. And then five, I got Mitchell. Uh, recency bias, maybe. But <laughs> I mean, they were the number one team in the NBA this year in the regular season. And I just think that he's really stepped up in the playoffs. Honorable mention. We'll put we'll put Jason Tatum at six from honorable mention. See, look, look at this. I'm I'm so shocked. First, Justin doesn't mention doesn't mention Shay Alexander, and then Kratz doesn't mention De'Aaron Fox. What's going on? That's here? what I was. Thinking. <laughs> What's Kratz going on here? <laughs> so hey, if I had to remake hey, my that, that doesn't take anything away from De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> That doesn't take anything away from him. He just has no playoff experience, okay? I guess Zion doesn't either, but... Let's get De'Aaron Fox on a new team, huh? Not even a fan uh, of the guy, but it's just sad. Honestly. <laughs> it's just sad. If I have to make a new list, I'll do it real quick. Right, just the, the true best five. I have Luka, Zion, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and for me, it's a tie right now between Tatum, Ben Simmons... And probably Trey Young. I would probably put Trey Young too, just because of what he's doing right now. But and and it's tough because I don't know how Ben Simmons, ben Simmons would be without Joel Embiid. So that those are my new five. If we're just doing based off of best five. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, guys. That's all we got for you today. Uh, if you like the content, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on the major social media outlooks, including TikTok. Uh, we're posting a lot on TikTok. Uh, and I think some of the content is pretty great. Um, Instagram is where you can get all the updates on all of our podcasts and what we're doing. Um, and then we're on Twitter as well. So go follow us on all the social media accounts. Uh, see you guys next week. Woohoo! Just do it! <laughs> <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.